With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Kuka Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn... You get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. Oscar Bevis, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Xavier Miller joins me, mate. Thank you very much for having me down your gym. It's a pleasure. First time here for myself. Um, how are we today? I'm good, you know, busy gym. Um, yeah, got a lot of good fighters in. Um, looking forward to a couple of debuts coming up as well. So, yeah, gym's doing really well. Yeah, gym's flying at the minute. Um, like you said, busy gym. Mate, Jesse, I felt quite sorry for him. I know he's kind of at that stage of camp where the fight's coming soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My guy got ran in, into the ground. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, got, he's got well. There's three of us coaching at the moment, uh, boxing coaches. That's me, uh, Nick and uh, Junior Sabo. And yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's working hard. You know, we wanted to up the work rate. We want to work at a high, high pace. Um, that was the reason to bring Junior in. And yeah, you know, they've clicked and it's working really well. Yeah. Last time out, he got that knockout. And I'm guessing it kind of just, well, for the people who saw it, just pushed kind of his name forward a little bit. I know one of our boys spoke to, to you two before and he said, I'm a superstar. You just haven't seen it yet. I feel like we kind of saw that flash that night in March. Um, really good performance that was. Yeah, and... Um, you know, it's something that he really wanted after his debut. I mean, he looked really good in his debut. Um, he had a massive crowd coming out. Um, you know, at least, I think he sold about 260, 270 tickets. And, uh, yeah, he said the one thing that was missing was a knockout. He really wanted it. And uh, that was the whole plan, actually, for the whole game plan, was he wanted, he wanted, to, he wanted to find ways to find a way to lay the guy out. Um, we spoke about it and, um, yeah, picked the right shot at the right time. And, um, yeah, it looked spectacular doing it. Um, I, I always knew he was special. I've known Jesse for a very, very long time um, because I'm, obviously I had my own amateurs and uh, Finch is very close to where we are and we're always going to the same shows and um, me and Jesse live quite close to each other as well. So I've always encouraged him to say, yeah, I hope you're still going training, going to the gym. And you know, when he turned pro, he came down here and um, yeah, Sean Murphy said, yeah, you know, Zav will be a good fit for you. So yeah, I'm glad to have Jesse joining the, the stable. Yeah, really happy about it. 
Yeah, on July 21st, we get to see him in action again up in Scotland. Um, on Kamar, so I've known uh, Kamar, sorry, Amar. Um, I've known Amar a few years now, obviously. Change of scenery for him, change of team for him. Um, and a few things that need to be drilled. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, as as coaches, like, well, not not all, but, you know, a lot of coaches get their name from working with fighters that are already established, either uh, former world champions or decorated amateurs, you know, coming through a GB squad. Um, but that's not what I got into boxing for. I wanted to be known for building guys early in their career, if that means going through the you know, the amateur system and then turning pro um, with us or being there with guys from their debut. That's the thing that excites me the most. And, um, you know, Omar, he's come here 7-0 and um, and he's got quite a few habits, bad habits that we need to iron out, we need to work on. But he's a really, really good prospect. Um, he's got he's got good power, he's athletic and um, he really wants to learn. And, um, yeah, I'm glad. And, and obviously got Kasim as well, his brother's here. And he'll be having his debut, so I'll get a chance to build him from scratch, which, which again, excites him more than anything else. But yeah, Amar's out. It's going to be on, on, on Dean's show, Black Box show, so really looking forward to that. And um, looking for a good performance. You know, I want to, at some point, early next year, he should be fighting for his first title. should be going for a sudden area belt. Yeah, it was interesting for me, kind of watching you do the pads out there, because it was like you were stopping, telling him what to do, and it was it kind of never got into too much of a flow and it was interesting for me to see that. Um, and then I said to you about how much do you try and change someone's style because he has got that freestyle ability. Mm -hmm. And you said, in a fight, you still need to keep that. You can't just completely switch a fighter up because they are who they are. Mm -hmm. But it's taking the fundamentals out and still keeping that kind of fresh and excitingness that he does have. Yeah, and that's 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 a difficult part. I think a lot of coaches, the mistake they make is uh, mm -hmm. they get a fighter who comes into their gym and does make a, a lot of fundamental mistakes. And then you kind of strip away everything they do. That's not really the way to do it. It's to try and tide up what he already does. He's already confident in the way he boxes, but he does make some mistakes here and there that do need to be tied up. More than likely can still get away with it for the next two, three fights, but it's after that is the problem. So you've got to work on those things from now. And, um, you know, as long as he's, he's here regularly and he does what I tell him, you know, in the next, like I said, next six, seven, eight months, should be to fight for his first title because once you do start going into titles, you know, you do move up quite quickly. Southern area, English, British, you know, once the train starts going, it doesn't stop. So you've got to kind of get things right now. You can't try to fix it later. Yeah, July 29th, Dean White show in Tolwa for yeah, Amar. Sure. Um, just talking about the gym, especially Jesse, is there kind of a little thing going on at the moment? Jesse, Finchley, boys of AJ, of course your boys are dealing. <laughs> Have you got that kind of in-gym rivalry going on at the moment yeah with Dillian um you know me and Dillian we bump heads sometimes but he's um he's like family to me um you know we sp I spent two and a half years out with him in um in Portugal and um yeah we became really close you know we worked really hard out there and uh yeah it, it doesn't matter who Dillian's fighting I'm always going to be rooting for Dillian um you know um, he's just he's got so much heart so much character and I just want to see him do well so I would always side with him over anybody. Um, I don't know Joshua like that. It's it's more of a high and by thing. We know of each other, but I don't have a relationship like that like I do with Dillian. It's the opposite for Jesse. You know, Jesse and, and and AJ used to train at the same gym for years under Sean Murphy. So they're very close. And you know, even though Jesse's now come here, you know, um, AJ's a phone call away for for Jesse. You know, he'll help him out with anything. So. 
yeah, it's gonna it, there's there's a rivalry in the gym between yeah, you know who we support. But um, you know Jesse also came out to Portugal when I was training Dillian, and and you know he he really likes Dillian. Um, got a lot of respect for him. So how hard he works. Um, but yeah, you know Jesse's got his got his guy, and I got mine. So yeah, but it's gonna be an interesting fight, and I think the fight's come along at the right time to this year. Yeah, when I spoke to Jesse, he did say being around Dillian, he trains like a maniac. Um, the press conference yesterday, I know you saw a little bit of it. Um, very different to what we got in 2015, but different people at different stages of their life, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, time waits for no one. You know, everyone everyone matures matures over time. And I think that's exactly what's happened here. Uh, you know, uh, you can tell the way they both speak. Um, it's not the young kids that fought each other the first time round. Um, but that's not to say it's not going to be as explosive, as competitive, I think it will be. I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, they've got two very, very good trainers, two trainers that I've got a lot of respect for. I actually spoke about Bunny McGurk um, a good two, three years ago because um, we were building a team. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a guy I've got a lot of respect for because you know everyone knows me in boxing, knows that my you know my history and understanding of boxing goes back a long, long way. Because I used to collect Betamax and VHS tapes, which most people will not understand because it's all like online now. But you know, I've got like 400 like VHS videos. That's like three, four hours each tape. So a lot of these guys I've already got on, on VHS. So when you bring up a name to me, I'm very, very familiar with them. So yeah, I've got a lot of respect for you know for Buddy, and I think I think his I think his temperament and the way he trains fighters will really, really will suit Dillian. Um, I like what he done with Gatti and with Kovalev. And I think at this stage in his career, you can't knock Dillian for choosing to go out to America and train with Buddy. I mean, like I said, every every boxer gets one career, and you should not. It's it's up to you what you do during your career because you don't want to have any regrets. So I've always supported Dillian. I supported Dillian even before I'd even met him and started training him. So you know, because I went to obviously the you know a lot of the big fights, the Parker fight I was at because I was in I was working in um in Derek Jazora's um corner with Don um. I think I think Jazor was fighting uh, Takam, so you know we were watching it backstage, and I was like, you know, like, like as the fight was going on, I was jumping up and down, saying, "Yeah, just box, box, finish the fight." So I've always been a fan of Dillian, and uh, yeah, I, and I've always been a fan of Joshua as well. I mean, Joshua, um, you know, we've always crossed paths because we don't live that far from each other. So I knew a I knew a, a much younger version of Joshua, um, but yeah, a lot of respect for him as well. I mean, he's overachieved. So yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Yeah. You think we're looking at two fighters who you can kind of say overachieved in a certain sense. Yes, Anthony Joshua was an Olympic gold medalist. Um, but you look at perhaps the finances that he's kind of, or he will manage to walk away from the sport with a two-time world champion. And Dillian White, I suppose you can perhaps attribute it back to the first fight in 2015 where he played the perfect pantomime villain when Joshua was kind of everyone's sweetheart. Walked away and what's he done? Six pay-per-views, headlined arenas fought for a world title do you think you're kind of looking at two overachievers in that sense 100 percent. i mean with dillian only having maybe seven amateur fights um what he's gone on to do is extraordinary i mean a lot of the guys in my gym they've had like 40 50 amateur fights and um you know they haven't achieved anything near what dillian's achieved so you know it goes to show you if you really want it bad enough and you work hard enough and you are willing to take the tough fights take the tough route if you haven't had that kind of pedigree, um, what you can go on to do. Uh, we, I remember we were in camp one time and we, me and um, me and Harold Knight were talking about her ex-heavyweight uh, champions 
and which ones didn't have an amateur pedigree and went on to maybe win a world title and it was it was there was only a couple there wasn't there wasn't many at all you know we had to do i mean I, I remember a lot of things he remembered a lot of things but it was one or two we were like going back and forth with so what dillian has gone on to achieve is amazing um and even with, with joshua you know um I think he started, he started quite late. He's not like someone who started in single digits. I mean, most guys that were going to be elite level, they started like seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You know, so what Josh has gone on to do, being a two-time world champion, he's, he's overachieved. And um, it's good. It's good for the other guys in and around boxing to see what they've achieved with, in their careers and what they're still doing now. Because they're still in big fights. And look how quickly the fight sold out. You know, people are still interested. People can have their opinions about where the guys are in their career, but um, what other fights are going to sell out in a couple of hours, like in the UK? So, um, yeah, just applaud both of them. You understand Joshua is thinking of kind of filling that hole of inactivity, providing, or say we're presuming he is to fight Deontay Wilder in Saudi Arabia, end of the year, start of next year. Do you understand his perspective of filling that hole of inactivity and not waiting out? Every box is different. You know, we've had fighters that have been out of the ring for 12 months, 18 months, um, and they're still able to come back and and look the same. Um, other guys, they need to be consistent, need to box regularly. I think I think for Dillian and Joshua, I think they do need to need to box regularly because of when they did start boxing. Um, you know, it's better that they're in there. You you don't learn as much, you know, as you do when you're sparring and being active. Um, you can do all the training, all the pad work, all the bag work. But that body-to-body -body contact is um, is everything really in boxing because your timing. So I don't blame Joshua for taking this fight. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's selling out that quickly just proves it makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, and for, for Dillian, like, you know, D Dillian, I've been around Dillian a long time. So I know the kind of character and person he is. He doesn't, he's got, he, he doesn't want to duck anybody. He, he said by the end of his career, he wants to have boxed all the people in and around his era. And um it looks like the both of them want to go on and do that so respect to both and just one more thing on that fight um, like I said they're different people and perhaps well less naive um, definitely more calm headed but when the bell rings does all hell break loose I think maybe not straight away but no, I, I think I, I think that fight is going to be as competitive as the as the first one yeah. um, you know they can, they can both be calm now um, but you know as you get closer to the fight you know um Guys get a little bit short-tempered. They know it's almost go time. But because there's been a rivalry, because they had the amateur fight, because they've had the pro fight, I think the competition with those two is, is high. And, um, yeah, I think even from early, I think there's going to be some bombs. I think they're going to they're test each other early. And, um, you know, they're both going to be a little bit more cautious because they're, they're at that stage in their career now. You can't fight at 30, 33, 34, 35 as you did when you were 25, 24, 25. Um, it's just natural to become more cautious as you go along with your career. And um, if you want to have a long, longer career, at certain points, you're going to have to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think with those two, it's almost like, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham could have, could go on a terrible run. But when they play each other, it's different. You know, it's, just a, it's a derby. So yeah, I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, just a quick one on two more fights. Alexander Usyk and uh, Daniel Nawad, is your take on how that will play out? Wasn't that interesting that fight until uh, I spoke to Don, and he says he's a uh, Daniel said trainer, because um, some sometimes I do train down at Don's gym. I do take the pros down there. Um, as soon as he said that, and now I'm interested. Um, Don is a very very close friend of mine. Um, 
when I was first actually getting into boxing, he's one of he's, he was the first one to actually say to me, like, this is what you need to do. You need to look out for this person, look out for that person. And because he'd been there before I had, um, you know, he embraced me like a, like a brother. And um, yeah, he kind of got me ready for the pro game and I was already coming out of the amateurs. Um, you know, he, he allowed me to join, you know, some of the pros that he had join the training teams and get a lot of good experience in the corner. So anytime Don does anything, just like if Dillian's fighting anybody, I, I will always support Don. Um, fascinating fight. Um, Usyk, I've been singing his praises for years. And simply because a lot of people were, were knocking him because he come from the cruiserweight division. But my favourite fighter of all time, you know, Vander Holyfield, you know, he was... Um, he used to go up against any heavyweight, and he was he came, he came from the cruise well, light heavyweight division, undisputed cruiserweight champion, and then became undisputed heavyweight champion. But he fought anybody. They always gave away height, reach, <laughs> weight. But you know, um, so Usyk, from what I've seen, I think he's um he's special. Um, the only problem is is that you know these smaller guys, you know, if you do, if you do catch them clean, it's going to be hard for him to um, it's going to be hard to take from Daniel. Daniel can really bang, you know, he can really hit. Um, I think it's the right time for Daniel as well. I would have said maybe a year or two years ago would have been too early. But you've got the WB, is it WBA regular? I think he's got. Well, like I said earlier, once you pick up a belt, to me there's no going back. You know, you're you're in the mix now. So, yeah, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that Daniel can pull it off. You know, for Don. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the fight. I'm, I'm probably going to be going out there as well. You're looking forward to that fight. Um, one punch really could change a lot. When it comes to the heavyweight division, um, just a quick one on Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. I'll kind of pinpoint the date. It's the Tuesday today. The fight will be announced later on, so by the time this is out, we will know. Um, how do you kind of view that? Because I guess as WBC heavyweight world champion, your first thought should be to defend the belt. Um, financially, I guess it's massive. I feel like I'm kind of stuck a little bit in the middle because it will interest me and I will watch it, but it's not a world heavyweight title fight, so... I've got absolutely zero interest, to be honest with you. I'm just into boxing. I'm not. In, I'm not into. I'm not really into any other sport. It's only ever been boxing, and um, yeah, I don't even really know hardly anything about the guy that he's that they're talking. About he's going to fight. I'm. I'm more interested in him fighting Usyk because I want to see an undisputed champion. Um, these guys have got the belts. They shouldn't really be doing anything else except fighting each other. Obviously, Usyk's got a mandatory. Um, he's got to get through that first. But then I would expect to see. You know, Usyk and uh, Fury. Um, not really much else interests me apart from maybe seeing White beat Wilder or Joshua beat Wilder. That that interests me as well. But yeah, Fury, the only fight for Fury right now to me is is the um, Usyk fight. Do you feel like he should be stripped of his WBC belt? Because I know Alex Krasik, obviously Usyk's manager, come out and said kind of he feels like it's a bit disrespectful almost to be world heavyweight champion and do this and that Tyson should be stripped. But you see, outside of Tyson Fury, like, like no matter what happens, like, you're not going to get the credit. If he vacates now and you win the belt, they're going to say, well, it's because he vacated. So really, you want to be beating the champion. And most boxers will tell you they're right, they want to beat the champion. Um, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I don't know, I think... I don't really want to see him strip because I want to see the guy. I want to see an undisputed champion. You strip him, then it's going to start getting messy again. So, yeah, no. It's, it's, I suppose there's not really much going on until December anyway. So, yeah, let him do what he's doing.
Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Kuka Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn... You get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.